What's up, boys and girls? Farhad here with the Turin Giants podcast. Welcome back, all you Juve fans. We had a great episode. We just recorded it. I wanted to do an intro. I don't usually do this, but intro on my own, not to waste my guests' time. Introduce you to some Turin Giants podcast business. Please follow us on Twitter for the Juve business, which is at Juve Podcast. And if you'd like to check out our merch page on Twitter at Turin Giants. TurinGiants.com. I'll reference it a couple times more during the podcast just because I'm just so excited about that idea of uh, making the apparel for you guys. I have a couple of new stickers coming out. Uh, those will be super exciting. I will be posting on Twitter and Instagram at TurinGiants is as well. I will announce the winner of the giveaway that we did in the beginning of the season for the season opener. Uh, this lucky winner will be receiving... Uh, Il Principino shirt, so stick around and listen for your name. If you don't want to miss any more giveaways, please follow us on at Turin Giants. At the end of the episode, I will be playing a very special song for you guys by my good friend, uh, hip-hop artist who goes by Kid Presentable. Please follow him on Instagram at Kid Presentable. If you like his stuff, I feel like he's uh, he, he he deserves to have a bigger recognition. He's a, he's a really good guy. He's a really hard worker. And um, he has a passion for this. And if you are or you know a musician who you think listeners of this program will enjoy, please get in touch with me. I would love to introduce uh, a lesser-known artist to uh, our little audience here. Um, yeah, so follow my friend Kit Presentable Raps on Instagram. So before we finally get into it, I would like to thank Adam Digby for joining us second episode in a row um helping us out by you know obviously providing his expert opinion he's always fun to talk to he's always a straight shooter and i want to thank rav for coming back to our podcast after a short absence everybody loves rav he is formerly of the the account on twitter at uvafc.com he's now kind of laying low so this is the only way you guys can hear him so hopefully you enjoy our conversation. It's always a pleasure to have these two guys with us. So, episode number 177, Turin Giants Podcast. Enjoy. So good, man. And here they are, our super special guests today, Adam Digby and Rav, who still remains anonymous to a lot of you so uh we welcome you guys back thank you thank you so much for for agreeing to join us to fill in for our co-hosts and my my powerful and handsome co-hosts who are still either on vacation or super busy but they'll be back uh adam rav thank you boys what's going on no worries i'm good thanks for having me back on and it's good to, to catch up with rav again after quite a while yeah it's, it's good to be back good to be back i haven't done a podcast with adam before so this is like a i feel like i'm kind of with Juve royalty today. This is the way around. Oh, I, I meant Adam. I'm sorry. Um, so we got a we got a packed show today, and I couldn't ask for better better co-hosts because we will we will dig deep, boys and girls. It's a, it's it's an important one, you know. Sort of like when people are starting to come uh, come back to talking about Juve and and you know discussing all the stuff that's going on. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Um, but first, this was a popular segment yesterday, uh, not yesterday, but on the last episode. That's when 
hopefully Adam gets to redeem himself, man. I don't know what happened last time he was playing against our, our awesome co-host uh, Justin, and, oh, and we, did the, we did the it's we, got smoked, we got smoked we got smoked 3-0, man. You're like you're like Chelsea back in 2012 on our uh, at the stadium, but yeah. Um, so basically, we'll do a quick um, quick quiz show. See who gets to three points first. The person, if if for example Adam gets a question wrong, Rob has a maybe when Adam to... gets a question wrong. Eh? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> It's just jitters. First time jitters. I kind of threw it at you. Now that you know what to expect, I think I think you're gonna do fine. So we have several general question, uh, general knowledge questions. Uh, there's one nugget of Yuba in there, but we'll see okay. who gets it because I kind of randomized the questions. So if a player gets a question right, Alessandro Belpiero comes to life. <laughs> Belpiero. You you've never met Alessandro Belpiero? Look at him. I haven't. Uh, I'm show is, it in the oh wow, that's a real that thing. A, that's that's an actual bell. That is amazing. I mean, but... that's that's not a real <laughs> bell. That's, uh... And when a player gets the question wrong, bah, get a buzzer. Shall we start? Who wants to Who wants to begin first? Should we Should we let Rob do it since he's the? Yeah, let's uh, go. Oh, well. <laughs> okay. Do you want to go first? Oh yeah, let's uh, go for let's it. Go. I'm not very good on quizzes, but yeah. Let's see. Let's okay. see what happens. Question number one to Rav. What is a collection of crow? Oh, Jesus. What's a collection of crows called? A murder of crows. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> one zero. Did you know that, Adam? Adam knew that. He knew that. <laughs> All right. Well, Definitely. let's see. Let's see your your knowledge of '80s music. Let's see. Um, I, I kind of chose a, a sort of British questions for you, for you two, <laughs> for you two gentlemen across the pond. All right, question number one for Adam: Which band was formed by the members of Joy Division after the suicide of their lead singer? Who's this? I don't know that. Oh, Definitely. come on, Adam! Rav's got it as well. No, I don't know. <laughs> Rob. This, is, this is exactly what happened to me last time, man. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. These are totally randomized, but I thought, you know, I uh, thought you might know that. Care to steal the point, Rob? I do. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's New Order. I'm a big fan of New Man Order. The legend, yes. <laughs> it was, damn it. I, I was hoping Adam would know because I, I, no. I knew Rob would know that for sure. Yeah, you yeah. Can, you, you can still come back, dude. You can still do it. So since since you stole the question, let's uh, let Adam go again. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. Come on, he's got to redeem himself. I, I, this is a gimme, dude. You can do this. You, you got to do it. <laughs> what type of a vehicle does Robert De Niro drive in the title of a 1976 Martin Scorsese film? Oh, he knows this. Taxi <laughs> drives a taxi. Come on. First points on the board in two in two games. I love it. I'll give you another one. Yes. <laughs> Throwing his hands in, in victory. All right, Rob. Yes. You can go. Um, you can go for the kill here. You know what? Let's let's make it to four. Okay. Kind of get, kind of getting into it. Two one. Yeah. Rob. All right. Question for you. You're gonna give me a year. All these events took place. Okay. Oh, the euro shit. was officially adopted by the eurozone countries. Queen Elizabeth II celebrated her golden jubilee, and Salt Lake City hosted the Winter Olympics. What year did it all? Son of a, no, you got me, man. Uh, 
think it's the 90s. I'm going to say uh, 1990. Uh, Don't even finish four? it. 94? No. <laughs> no. Well. <laughs> Adam. 2002. Ladies and gentlemen, it's back. That was good. I got to applaud that. So uh, that kind of makes me. I know, that, I know that because the Silver Jubilee is the same year I was born in '77. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I also out. knew that Turin <laughs> had the Winter Olympics in '06, so I figured it must be the one before. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> nice. Well, you know what? You figured out two of them. Two out of nice three is not bad. Should, should we um... decide it now, huh? Decide it. But but now I'm kind of thinking. Adam got the point. Rob, I'll give you. I'll give you a difficult one. Give me a different right, one, so or that's, Adam. That's, yeah, I'm going to give you the difficult one for the, for the oh, kill. This the last the Juve, one was difficult. This, this is a Juve related question. This is this is okay. this is. Come on, man, you gotta you gotta redeem yourself. All on right. February second, I always have trouble with that word. On February second, two thousand fifteen, this player came back on loan from Milan until the end of the year. On May 20th, he scored the winning goal in extra time to give Juventus a 2-1 victory over Lazio in the 2015 Coppa Italia final. Coppa Italia. I think it was Matri. Alessandro Matri. Ladies and gentlemen, he's Come done on, it. 3-2. You know what, Adam? Everyone knew that. Come Adam, you, you almost pulled, it, pulled, pulled it, uh, a comeback, man. I was rooting for you. Come on. That, that's all right. You did a lot better than last time. Um <laughs> I actually forgot to mention that each one of you guys were playing for a uh, for a contestant to win to win a oh, prize wow. from to, to win a prize from TurinGiants.com. Uh, awesome! You win a, a, a Marquisio shirt, an awesome um, an awesome shirt that Marquisio himself has, by the way, and requested personally. Wow! Um, so yeah, um, Zach, you were playing for Zach, which is yay. Uh, well done, Zach. Uh, he, yes, he's he's our friend. He's a friend of the show. He actually is the one that writes articles for us. Sometimes we go back, uh, go back in time and talk about stuff that happened maybe on, maybe on this day or if a player leaves or someone yeah. celebrates a birthday. He sent us an awesome article, and um, I'm really happy for him. Yeah, because Zach, Zach, Zach is good yeah. people. So, congratulations, Rob, Zach. Yeah, congratulations, go. man. Yeah, good for you. Thank you for that. All right. So, next on next on the agenda, we're gonna get into some Juve business now. Um, not a good not a good start to the season. I think everyone would agree to that. People who are saying one point from two games is not that bad. It's pretty terrible. So we will we will discuss the fiasco, the first first game at home with some fans in a, in a long long time. Um, Adam, what were your impressions from the, the terrible win? Uh, terrible. It was. Loss? It was, it was exactly the same as Udinese, to be honest. The, the team just doesn't make sense. I, the, start, the starting 11, it looked, it looked okay, the starting 11, when you see it on paper. But in, in actuality, the, the formation and the tactics after the first about 10 minutes, it was just abysmal, just the same as the, the Udinese game. And there was, there was no Ronaldo to bring on at the end. <laughs> so that was a little bit different. But other than that, it, it was just more of the same. The... The problems that we spoke about last time I was on about the the midfield not making sense still for the last five years, whatever, 
is was the same and just the same as the Udinese game that that really is is strange. Allegri's done it in both games so far. The substitutions meant that there was only one actual midfielder on the field in, mm. at the end of both games. In the Udinese game, he made head. subs. He made no, subs. No, so there was shaking. only. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. There was only uh, Bentancur left on the pitch, and he did it against Empoli, where it was only um, Locatelli, and and Locatelli was still getting further forward than some other players. So it, it shows the quality that he's got. I think until until there's some semblance of of a midfield, then the problems that ruined Pilo's tenure that held back Sari's tactics, it's just going to be more of the same because with McKenney came back, but that by itself is not enough. There's still no Rabiot, still no um, Artur. And with, without anybody else in midfield, it just doesn't make sense. And even getting Aaron Ramsey back is not going to help that. It's, it's just more of the same. And that's all... Really, I, it was great to see the fans back. It was great to hear some singing in the background for the games, obviously. But there's just so Unis many is problems. Physically back. Yeah, there's just so many problems with that team. And you look around, and it's you see Saris Lazio ticking over already. Inzaghi's hit the ground running with Inter. Both those teams are five points ahead of Juve already. Napoli look okay, and it's just Juve. It's just more of the same, and it's. I think we saw this with Real Madrid. We saw it with Manchester United. When Ronaldo leaves, there's always going to be a, li- a little bit of a lull. I'm going to come on to talk about that in a little while. But mm-hmm. it's, it really is alarming right now because there's so much work to do. And everywhere you look, there's a problem to me. What'd you every think, every department of the team. Um, I agree with everything. <laughs> if it was the easiest yeah. answer, is, is yeah, yeah, I agree with everything Adam said. I mean, sort of watching that game, it just felt like felt like you defensively you sort of look at that back four and you think okay this this should be fine we should be able to see out a, a, you know at worst a draw against a team like Empoli um, with the midfielders that were sitting in front of that back four again you think okay hang on you've got Danilo and sort of almost like I don't even know where exactly he was playing almost sort of shielding the back four um, McKenney, who's sort of more of a worker and a hustler not a particularly creative player Again, someone that can almost sort of shield the, the the back four again. It just looked like you had a lot of workers in midfield, a lot of players that can can sort of hustle and win you the ball back, but no one to actually get us forward. And they, it it sort of looked like this kind of like a four four two, but it was almost like a sort of an eight <laughs> sort of two at, at times. Like all these players were were sitting back, nothing was really happening when we got forward. The only player that really in the early parts of the game, the only player that really wanted to do it all himself was Chiesa. Like he had a couple of amazing chances early on and it was like, he was, he was sort of looking around at points and it was like, he was saying, what the, you know, these are the people around me. None of these guys are going to get forward. Screw it. I'm going to do it myself. You can curse, by the way. This is a, okay. an adult. Oh, yeah, he was. <laughs> that's good. Okay, he said, fuck it. Um, I'm going to have to do this myself. And you saw him, like, you know, running past all these players. And then I think he had two really good chances that the keeper had to save. That was pretty much the high point. And then Allegri, I think you sort of realized way too late in the game, like, hang on a second. I, I need to get Locatelli on the pitch because at least he'll actually get crap. forward and do something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and... and to keep Kulisevsky on the on the bench as well. I know some of these players um, obviously play with the national teams. They have just come back from the, the Euros. They need to rest. They need to recover. He wants to have time to 
get it all sort of working how he wanted to. But you haven't got that kind of time in, in this league. When you look at the competition around us, you look at like Adam was saying, um, Lazio started really well. Roma look a little worryingly good under Mourinho. It looks like the Mourinho of old. They look very ruthless. Um, I, I, that's uh, actually you. You bring me to a good point. But let's let's kind of wrap up with the Empoli game because we have so much to discuss. And mm-hmm. Empoli game is not something I want to spend time, a lot of time on. I mean, it was Fair abysmal. Uh, question to you too. Do you think it's kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like as, as more or less spoiled fans, do you think it's bad that I still think we can still win it? Or is it no. ignorance on my point? No, I, I think once, once you get a midfield of Locatelli, Artur, and either Rabiot or McKenney, whoever brings the, the better balance, depending on who you're playing against, you can see there's a platform for it. I think there's a, a real issue further forward where, for me, at, when they're playing at their very, very best, Dybala, Kulusevski and Chiesa all want to occupy the same space on the field. And to play Dybala and Chiesa as the only attacking options is, is a recipe for disaster. I tweeted at halftime that Allegri needed to either do what Sari did and make Dybala play as a number nine or put Morata on as a number nine because... Him and Chiesa just want to play in that kind of right-hand side, number 10, that kind of area. And that's where Kulusevski's best as well. So it's a real hard task to, to bring some balance there. Um, I think Morata will help with that, but I think he's a player who's better suited in sort of that Karim Benzema playing alongside Ronaldo role rather than actually being a, a leading striker. But I think you look around at the rest of Serie A and you think how how much Juve underperformed last year. And this squad is, is obviously, with the exception of Ronaldo, the squad is better having Locatelli in it than not having Locatelli in it. There's much more balance there. Um, and I think everybody else got weaker, you know. It, Lazio are going to need time with Sarri. Yeah, they've had a great start, but they've played two really bad teams. And I think that they'll have some problems down the road. Inter, I think, is pretty much the same thing. I think watching those Inter games, they've got some real problems with that, playing a back four instead of playing a, a back three. Uh, Lazio, sorry, playing a back three, a back four instead of a back three. And I think Inter have undeniably got weaker, you know. Yes, Dzeko is a good player, yeah. Um, Dumfries is a good player at right back, but they're infinitely weaker than they were when they had Lukaku and Conte and Hakimi. So the, the title is still there to be won, but... You start off five points behind after two games. You've certainly got your work cut out for you. And it's going to need, as, I, as I've said since he came back, it's going to need 2014 to 2017 Max Allegri, not the, the post, yep. I nearly said post-COVID Max Allegri then. I mean, post-Cardiff mm-hmm. Max Allegri, two traumatic Same events thing. in the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think as long as we get the, the, the pre-Cardiff Max Allegri, then yeah, there's definitely a chance. We saw a very similar start to this in... 15, 16, when Juve started off disaster, but I call that team. I, I, I call that your fuck you Scudetti, Scudetto. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And and they were really, really good for that. And they overhauled Sari's Napoli. So we, we know that Max Allegri is capable of doing it, but that was before Cardiff. He's got to show that he can still do it. And on the evidence of the last two games, we haven't seen that yet. I, what I would say, just one last thing on that. What I would say is I think we know with Max Allegri, he's very good at breaking the season down into small chunks and having these two games before the international break without a full squad, not knowing what was happening with Ronaldo, Locatelli's not fit enough to start matches, all of those problems. 
there is a very real chance that he just to to quote to quote Rav just thought fuck it let's just get through the two games hopefully we get a couple of draws pick up some points whatever but it, it really did look like two throwaway games for me and I, I I don't think he would have spent two years out of football to turn down Real Madrid to turn down Arsenal to come back to Juve to just take that attitude in every game so for me that has to be a he just wanted to get those two games out of the way. You're almost get happy to, to have it now. Break. Yeah, I think not really happy to have it, but I think it's understandable in the circumstances. If if he knew more than we did about Ronaldo's future, if he knows that Locatelli wasn't fit and then obviously McKenney was suspended, Artur is injured. He knows he has problems. He tried to muddle his way through it. It didn't work. It's not the end of the world and, and turn it around after the international break. But we need to see that for it to happen because the... The last two years that Allegri was with Juve, we saw a lot of games like this, didn't we? Isn't it crazy how we've been on for like 10, 10, 15 minutes or so, and Ronaldo's been brought up but seven times, I counted. Just shows you how much of an how much of an impact he had. And of course, we'll dedicate a big chunk of the podcast to Ronaldo and his his departure. Uh yeah, you're shaking your head. By the way, to me, he's he's just another mank now. I mean, to me, it's I, I, I've hated Manchester United all my life, ever since 99. Yeah. To me, he's just another, you know, Manchester United player. If you, if you think I'm going to sit here and support United because he moved there. Nah, that romance yeah. is over, my friends. Uh, well, thank you, Adam. Any thoughts on that, Rav? This is going to be a really boring podcast for a lot of listeners because I'm going to echo everything that Adam said. <laughs> I pretty much you agree go with first them. next time. <laughs> no, 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 I don't mean it like that. I mean, like, we're basically we'll on the same wavelength, pretty much. Um, yeah, pr- pretty much exactly what Adam said. I think you sort of look at those games and, and yeah, we should have won them both easily. Um, do I still believe that we can win the title? Yeah. Because I remember back in what was it, 2015? I remember being in Canada and watching like the first couple of games and watching how dreadful we were. And you said I you think were in even Canada? The, yeah, I was. I was in Montreal back then, and it was it was Ooh, just like a really weird experience where, watching Juve from, from yeah. <laughs> sort of anywhere from other than home. It, it was kind of weird, but yeah, I, I was away from home watching Juve in like different bars that I could get to, and um, yeah, like the first handful of games were dreadful but you still kind of had the belief because we'd done it before um that team when they it sounds kind of arrogant to say it's but but it's almost like when Juve decide you know like when we decide we're going to go and win something we'll do it because they have that about them when the players all kind of click into place when the manager says okay look this is the formation that I want to use everything's finalized we we get into a bit of rhythm we're like a juggernaut you know, like we, we literally just steamroll everybody in front of us. What I'm really hoping is that we go on one of these runs like we did in 2015, sort of, I don't know, like 10, 15 games, win every single game. We just need something to, to kind of go our way. But yeah, I, I, I think I understand the reaction because I think a lot of the, the fans maybe sort of looked at the summer that we had in terms of the transfers um, or the lack thereof. And then we go into those two games and you kind of feel like, okay, yeah, Allegri's back. That's fantastic. But we still don't have a proper midfield. We still don't have real sort of creativity. We don't really know what our formation is. We've been like this for the last three, four years, and it's more of the same. So I get people are going to feel pissed off. They're going to feel, you know, kind of disappointed. But I think 
they should too, you know. I, yeah, I abso- agree. absolutely. They, they yeah. should. As a as a fan, you, I am. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm the, it's it's that same thing. Like we, I don't understand how we sitting here, like whatever else, we're fans. You know, like we're, we're Juventini. We love the club. But we've seen the same issue that's been there. It's like a slap in the face since 2014, since 2015, since Pogba left, since Pirlo left, since Vidal left. It's this gaping chasm. And we've had, you know, like Sami Kadira, Pjanic, Matuidi, uh, Sturaro, all these players that are just, they're not up to the grade. They're, yeah, they're, they're not even close to the level that those guys were. And it's like, we're still here. Okay, Locatelli, he's still young. He has a lot to prove, but we're going into a season again now where we've got just that lack of real quality. There's no one big player in midfield, no star name, no one that's going to really sort of step up. I'm hoping Locatelli grows into that because I think he could. I think if, if the sort of burden falls on his shoulders, maybe he could be that kind of player. But again, so much is going to depend on the players around in the formation. But yeah, just midfield. How can we still be sitting here like five years later, six years later, talking about the yeah, fucking midfield, pardon my language, but seriously, man, yeah. crazy. I, think, I, I totally agree, and I think you look at the other money that's been spent, since, so if you go since Pogba left in 16, which obviously is five full seasons, and yeah, Pjanic came, and he was good for a little bit, but he was never really suited to the role that Juve were trying to push him yeah. into in front of the defence. Never. And then and then everybody else where Kadira. Matuidi, Rabio, I think he's a, a good player, but he needs to be in a, a unit that works to actually do anything of any... He's the, he's the, the last piece of the jigsaw rather than yes. the, yeah. the, a, a, a tent pole to prop it all up. I think Locatelli can be that, certainly. Like Rav said, I totally agree with that. I think he showed at the Euros that he's got the quality at the highest level, but we're talking about a kid who's never played in, in Champions League. He's never fought for a league title. He's been at a really bad Milan, and uh, to be to be fair, as well as much as they've played great football in recent seasons, a mid-table Sassuolo. So it's a it's a huge step up to play for Juve. We know that we've seen that with other players, but he's got he's got the quality. We have to see it. McKenney's proven that he can do it in in bits. Ramsey's ex- yeah. Ramsey's inherited the the Kadira role as the token throwback to a player who was good in 2015, but still keeps getting in the Juve team every week. Um, yeah. And he's always injured. But I, I think you look at all those players and Rav went through the whole list of Storaro and Rincon and all of those guys. And you think, just put all that money in one big pile. And you remember after Ronaldo came, um, after, after Higuain came, Morata said he was going to sign an Higuain for the midfield. And we're still yes. waiting. We're yeah. still waiting for that Higuain for the midfield. If you put all that money that you've spent on players in into a midfielder like Milinkovic-Savic, for example. Oh, We're go. having this problem, you know? And you think in between time, after signing Higuain, when the midfield was still a problem, they signed Ronaldo, 105 million. They signed De Ligt, which, okay, De Ligt's awesome. And, and he will be awesome for a long, long time. But when you've got Bonucci and Chiellini and Benatia and Demiral, would you not be better spending that money in midfield? I, I love De Ligt. I'm glad he's a Juve player, but fix everything else first. Ronaldo, yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah, great marking opportunity, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But in terms of the team, it's not what the team needed. And then you look at all the attacking talent that the club has gone through in that time as well, whether it's Piazza, Costa, Bernadeschi, Chiesa, Kulusevski. You know, it, it just goes on and on and on. And it's just, 
somebody spend some money on midfield, please. Just, just somebody, you know, and we're on. The other thing is, as much as we're talking about this, so in that time, we've gone through all those midfielders, all those strikers, defenders have come and gone, whether that's Romero, Demiral, Rugani, whoever. And and then coaches have gone, Allegri, Sari, Pielo, Allegri. And then sporting directors, Morota, um, Paratici, and now Cherubini. And like Ralph said, we, we can see it. Surely one of these guys, surely one, four coaches, three sporting directors, somebody yeah. like, can somebody just get me a fucking midfielder in here that can do a job? You know, yeah, you like look, it's, you look at other yeah. teams and the, and the quality they have, and it's just like th- we have good players, but we, we're sitting here and, you know, telling ourselves that, no, this is fine. This is like, it's like that meme, but our midfield is such a, lackluster midfield compared to some other the the thing is if if you're playing football manager or fifa as juve what's the first thing you would do sell an attacker and buy a midfielder because absolutely you can just see it you've got all those strikers and you've got who in midfield you're lucky if you've got three midfielders who you can field who make sense together let alone not talking about having a great player who can carry the game when we used to have four midfielders who could carry a game by themselves at once. That's that's the issue. That's something no. that, not to go into it too much detail, but the mismatch, like you get a lot of these players, and I understand in the past we had market opportunities. You get these players that pop up on free transfers. They take it. Ten years ago, fantastic. When we were still fighting to get back the name and, and sort of reinstill the grinta and, and get the players back to get the 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 sort of team name back yeah we needed the free transfers getting them now on these huge salaries like getting Rabiot and Ramsey you sort of look at that looking back now I think was that the best decision yeah they were free and maybe there's something that we like Adam said maybe we can still get something out of Rabiot but he feels like the kind of player that if you're playing in a midfield three or a midfield four you need the other three or the other two players to be excellent at jobs Yeah. Let Rabio be that player that just kind of roams a bit like Pogba did, not exactly the same, but in that sort of way, like he can just kind of, you know, sort of work around the pitch. But yeah, this th- th- this fit of that midfield just doesn't feel right. It it feels like we've never played the right three players or the right four players together, and it feels like Allegri is going to need to work on that. He needs mm-hmm. to figure out out of that crop of midfielders which is. So, so, and maybe there's one potential, <laughs> there's one potential superstar there. Yeah. Uh, and I think, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Adam. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say one last thing. I think that the no real rush. problem is, the real problem is if you go back to, to 20, not to keep pouring salt in the wound, but if you go back to 2016, <laughs> honestly, if you go back to 2016 and you, you look at every move that you've made in midfield, they all make sense by themselves. Like, we can get Pjanic from Roma, 30 million. Great deal. Do it. Oh, Sammy Kadira on a free. Hey, that's good. Bring him in, you know? Yeah. And, and it goes on and on. Like you said, Matuidi. Uh, Ramsey had probably put that to one side and, and, and say that that was a mistake. But all the others, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then you get to 2021 and you turn around and you're playing uh, Ramsey, Bentancur and Rabiot as a midfield. And you think, how do we go from Marquisio, <laughs> Vidal, Pilo, Pogba to this? Yeah. And you think... Yeah, it's all those moves that all made sense a little bit at a time. But eventually, over time, it's like, this is what we're left with now. Nobody's nobody's looked at the the big picture. And like we've both said, the midfield, it doesn't like, 
on, on paper, you say to me, oh, Juve can sign Matuidi. Okay, that makes sense. Juve can sign Kadira. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Pjanic, that kind of makes sense. And then you look at it on the pitch, Matuidi, Kadira, Pjanic, it never made sense. And It's that synergy, like you, exactly what you said. When you think about Marquisio, Pedro, Vidal, Pogba, just the way that those guys could play together, yeah. so underrated because we weren't, you know, sort of pulling up trees in Europe um, because we were easily dominating the league. People didn't give it the credit that it was due, but the way those guys work together, go back and watch the games now, anyone, yeah. uh, you know, just, just go back and see the Jordan understanding Rush. that those players have of not just one another, but the space, the pitch, reading the game, incredible. Someone and like Adam says, you put those players together now, put the materials that we have out now, great someone, individuals. Someone posted but, a, sorry to interrupt. Someone posted no, no, a video of the the goal against Borussia Dortmund from the stands mm -hmm. and then the movement. Did you guys see it on Twitter? It was circulating yeah. yesterday. Just beautiful. Incredible. To see. And, and, yeah. and the best part, it all leads to a goal or that goal yeah. that we scored against Real Madrid. I keep bringing it up because I was at the game. <laughs> um, it was awesome. It was the, the, yeah. the first leg in the semifinal against uh, Real when they wore black jerseys. That, that mm -hmm. first goal came like two minutes into the game and the movement that Real couldn't step up to us. Try to try to do that with Bentancur right now. He lose the he lose the ball and give the assist to to a, to an opposing player. Oh, get See, back, <laughs> Exactly. Oh. One thing, just quickly to add, but back then you could say we had the strongest defense. We had an incredible midfield. We didn't need brilliant center forwards. We had Vucinic and we had uh, Matri at the time. Okay, it was good enough for the league. But you got the sense that because the defense was so damn strong and the midfield could just pull the strings and create space out of nothing, create chances. You didn't need the best players up front. You could finish off those chances. Players like Vucinic could go and finish off chances. Matri, um, Boriello, etc. And now That's it feels like... Okay. <laughs> and now it feels like, okay, yeah, I know we're going to get onto Ronaldo, but we have this fantastic... Or we had this fantastic sort of attacking line. Had a brilliant yeah. defense, and the midfield was just this chasm. So where's the link up? It's just this it, big it, void. It just the ruins the whole thing, doesn't it? There's no yeah. midfield. I said this when I was on last week, but the the midfield brings balance to everything. You were talking about those old games with the MVP midfield, and you think how good Juve looked with Licksteiner and <laughs> Peluso at fullback, you know, or Padawin at fullback. Whoever, it yeah. didn't matter because the midfield just held everything together and, and brought yeah. the attackers in and brought the midfielders in. And, and all of that. And now that that's just gone and the, there is no balance whatsoever to the team. And you, I mean, yeah. there's a reason why we're three guys talking on Zoom and Max Allegri <laughs> is the Juve coach. The guy, he's proven in the past that he's a coaching genius, but he's going to have to be with this squad in all yeah. seriousness because Definitely. he's going to have to find, like he did with the, the second half of 14-15 when he went back to, when he went to 4-3-3 and marched to Champions League final or in 15-16 after the loss to Sassuolo and he turned it around, or 16-17 when he went to that 4-2-3-1 um, with yes. uh, yeah. Mandzukic on the left. It's going to take another one of those moves, and that's four years ago now, because the last two years after that, he didn't do it again. So he's going to have to find yeah. one of those somewhere. Hope he's got it's, it, because it's going to be a so long funny. season, if not. It's so funny to hear Adam spitting knowledge here, and people are like, well, you kiss ass too much sometimes, like not, it's not too often, but they're like, oh, you know, when you have your co-host, you're, you're, you're so giddy. You goddamn right. I'm giddy because 
<laughs> listen to him. He's giving you the losses and the years and the goddamn exactly. encyclopedia. And I get to talk to, you know, one of the, and I get to bring it to you guys, one of the greatest Juve minds. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for that. I had a little Juve orgasm for a second there. Um, <laughs> Next time I'll try and make it about something positive. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll uh, try. Until, I'll try. Until then. No, it's all right. We, I, I appreciate your, you know, um, your honest opinion. You're not here to sugarcoat things. Um, so let's talk about the transfers. I'm reading from uh, Romero Agresti's uh, Twitter page. Incoming transfers. I still, I, I'm embarrassed because I, I know he said it. He, he told us how to pronounce it. Cayo George, is that how you say that? I think so. Oh, our, our, it's Portuguese, isn't it? So it'll be George, not Jorge. So. Yeah, so it's, yeah, he's, our, he's our new uh, number 21. I actually love the fact that Yuba has a tradition with number 21 because it's it's kind of a weird number, but for us it means so much, you know, Zidane it's a thing. and, and yeah. Pirlo. Uh, so Locatelli, of course, uh, with a terrible number. I hate it so much. Uh, no, no, it's... no, I disagree. I disagree. All right, tell us. There's a, he posted a picture, well, his brother actually posted oh, a picture that's right, that's right, that's of right. him celebrating the 27th Scudetto in 2003. So he, and, and the picture he had the next we had the, 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 you remember the white shirt and the, there was like a uh, arch on the back when it, and it, that's where the player name went, but they brought one out that said Campione and they all had 27 on the back. He had one gotcha. of those. So now he's so, number so 27. You, so I do, I don't like number 27 for, <laughs> for a good reason. He gets a pass. Behind yeah. it. Yes. So Adam, let me ask you, I know you're, you're very friendly with Milan fans. We all know they love you on Twitter. <laughs> so what's the, what's the situation with, I, I, Locatelli, when he joined Milan, he was sort of throwing the same things out there, how he loves Milan, how he was, you know, he's been a fan ever since he was a kid. So where, where sh what should we believe? Which part of it is true? When, when he was at Milan, he actually, he just spoke about he'd been there a long time. He'd grown up through their youth sector, all of that. He never, yeah. he, there was none of this, oh, I grew up with pictures of Marco <laughs> Van Basten on my wall or anything. Not like a... Zlatan where he said he's been a fan all his life. He actually stayed really quiet and he stayed quiet about Milan when he left too because they they really went through a, a, a spate of, of dumping all their youth products, didn't they? When they had Montella, they brought through a whole team of youth team players and they, they beat Juve with that team a couple of times actually. And Locatelli scored in one of those games. Yes. Even when he left, Cutrone kind of said his piece about what he thought about being dumped by Milan. Um, but Locatelli was very respectful of, of Milan and never, never criticised any of the other clubs, but never said anything bad about Milan when they binned him off and sent him to Sassuolo. And then when he came to Juve, it kind of, he didn't say anything, but his brother was like <laughs> putting stuff out on Instagram. Yeah. So he, he's been really respectful and really professional. And I, I, I admire that, but I think it's good to yeah, see he, that somebody, do, somebody like who's been a Juve fan all that time has finally got his, his dream move and come to Juve. We do hear yeah. that a lot from players, but... Yeah, when he was at Milan, he was, oh, I grew up here, I like it, blah, blah. But now he's, yeah, my brother's told everybody I'm a oh. Juve fan. So. All right, Adam certified. <laughs> Locatelli is the, the Juventino and has been <laughs> all his life. Um, you're the decider on the podcast. It, it's, it's so funny. Uh, I read someone criticizing. There's so much criticism going on in the last few days. It's just insane how, I, I just read that someone said, oh, we're not even making a top four. You know, First two games, you know, you can't, it's such a fluid season. You can't, someone will lose, someone will win. There will be an injury, hopefully to a rival. And it just 
can decide off of two games. And I, I remember someone saying in 2015, I think, when we played the game before we played Torino, where uh, Quadrado scored the goal that sort of set off on that run. But someone, I remember mm-hmm. someone tweeting, um, I can't remember which game it was, but he said, if we lose tonight, Allegri has to go. Like, you just have to sack him. That's it. you got to get rid of him. Has, there you go. That's it. And that's the game that we lost. And then everyone will say, okay, he has to go. Then we go and break a record. We oh my God. That basically run that destroy was. the opposition city. You know, like we, we gave them the biggest head start and we still beat them. And then you just think, yeah, we, yeah, we might you, need if, that again. <laughs> if you're a new year, you were, you were a fan. Was that 15, 16 or, or 14, mm-hmm. 15, 16? 15, 16. Do yourself yeah. a favor, go back on YouTube or whatever and, and just you watch know, read the whole or, thing. or watch the whole you know highlights <laughs> yeah. of that season it's just an insane head start that we gave the whole and i i think you know obviously sarah is a lot stronger now uh but i think that was when like i said it was a, it was an fu scudetto it was like you know let's let's try this as far as napoli were really good that season you know you say yeah syria was was weaker but Saris napoli were really really good that season and and the other thing you have to remember about that, and I, I'll say it because he's somebody who gets a lot of criticism from, from Juve fans, is a lot of that run was sparked by Patrice Evra after Sassuolo. He mm. came out and gave an interview. He was the first one yes, out of the dressing yeah. in Sassuolo. And That's he it. panned the team and said, there's too many players in this yeah. team who don't understand what it takes to win. Mm. And then Buffon came out and they asked Buffon about what Evra said. And Evra just, yeah. um, Buffon just said, he's right. Mm. And from then, 26 That's games it. without losing. I yeah. absolutely love every time I, you know, he, I still blame him for not clearing the ball, but ever is a, is a even, <laughs> you know, through and through every time there's something in the news or he, uh, he just posted something a few months ago and in, in support of Juve and, you know, he's played with us, what, one or two, two seasons and his love is, two seasons, you, can see, yeah. you, you, you can see, you can see that he truly loves the shout outs to, what, what do they call him? Mr. I love this game. Uncle Pat. Zero Pat. Pat. But you should have caught. You should have cleared the ball. Um, so <laughs> should have cleared the ball. <laughs> oh, don't. What, what do you guys? What do you guys Thank think you. about Moise, Moise King coming back? I'm excited, but no one cares. I, What's up with I, you guys? No, I think it's. Um, I think it's a good move. It. I, I know people are going to be disappointed. I watched highlights of him at PSG, and he looked more confident then he definitely looked I, I don't think he particularly sort of adapted to, to playing at Everton but no disrespect to Everton it, I don't think it was particularly the best season for them anyway but at PSG he had a lot of support around him I think he kind of felt wanted and he yeah he he was decent he wasn't you know like he, it's tough to sort of excel and kind of shine at PSG but when those players were injured he was sort of stepping up and then you know they, obviously they they got players like Icardi and Neymar and Mbappe they, those guys sort of came back and he Maybe he didn't play quite as frequently, but I I just like the idea of having a young striker who came through the youth ranks, who knows the setup, who doesn't need time to adapt, who knows all the players around him, who is getting to that stage where he might be able to have an important season, maybe not like a groundbreaking season, because I think he's still pretty young. I don't know how many minutes he's going to get either, but um, I, I, I just think it's a, it's a, it's not a fantastic move. It's not the kind of move that's going to get loads of attention, but you know, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it in a heartbeat. I like the kid. I like his attitude. I like the fact that, you know, he, he came on during that very weird season that we had and he was kind of coming on late in the game and scoring goals. And of course there was that moment against Cagliari supporters, you know, where he did that celebration. Mm-hmm. He had that moment and I, I, I 
really loved that moment. <laughs> I was like, yeah, stand up to those fuckers. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm glad he's he's back. Uh, obviously, you sort of think maybe midfield was probably more important, but we needed another striker, I it's, think, up front. It's, so. it's, it's so funny how I, I remember him, instead of a, a, a goal that he scored, I remember his biggest miss. It was against Atletico Madrid, if you guys remember. When he missed, and he could have made it 3-0, and I thought to myself, it's just destiny that, that Ronaldo... <laughs> Um, you know, finishes the job yeah. because it was just destined to, to be a to be a Ronaldo hat trick. What about you, Adam? You excited about? Yeah, I, I think I don't think Juve should have sold him in the first place. It was kind of a it'll pay Ronaldo's wages for t- for twenty five minutes. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think he is quite expensive. It's it's good to see it's good to see him back. I think when you look at the, the way that the deal is structured, it's basically giving Everton their money back that they paid in the first place, but spread out over about five years. So it's not terrible. Um, and he, one one thing I will say about Moises Keane is at least he can play on the left because there's there's not really <laughs> yeah. anybody else in that attacking yeah. group who, who can very well. He's probably better than Chiesa is out on the left. He's probably better than Kulusevski is out on the left. So he, in order to That's bring some point. balance to the team, Allegri might turn to him, you know, because he knows what he can do. He did have a great season, as Rav said, coming off the bench and, and scoring some important goals at the end of games. And he's got a good strike rate for everywhere apart from Everton, you know. He did, he did well when he went out on loan to um, Bologna. When, I think, yeah, I yeah, think so, yeah. He went out yeah, to Bologna yeah. and he was the youngest yeah. player to score in Serie A for a little bit. Or first player born in 2000s, I think, to score in Serie A. Yeah, he was 17 um, years old. Yeah, so yep. he's got some quality, and I think he's he's got a lot of personality as well. And I think the way that this season looks already, you're going to need some players like that, you know. So, yeah, yeah you think he's, he's going to see a lot of a lot of playing time. What I think you look at the again, it's the it's the same thing we talked about with midfield. You look at the the depth in attack, and you think Morata, Dybala, Chiesa, Kulusevski, Bernadeschi just won the Euros. There's a lot of quality there, but who's going to play on the left? So. It's one of those where I can see, uh, as part of his solution to the Juve problem, Max Allegri does turn to him and say, "Go play on the left because I need somebody who can." Because he's he is that player. So if that's the case, then yeah. And I think also he's probably he's got a, a much lower floor than Alvaro Morata as a striker. I think he, he's not going to deliver the guarantee that Morata does the work rate and the the energy and the effort that Morata brings. But he's got a much higher ceiling. I think if you're going to gun to my head, which one of them do you think scores 20 goals a season first? Uh, give me Moises Keane, man, because I don't think Morata's got it in him. I, maybe Moises Keane does if he plays longer. Yes, I, I think I, I still, the, I'm still thinking. I'm still thinking about the time where you used quality and Bernardeschi in one, one sentence. But let's go back. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't say quality. I said <laughs> you've got a lot of quality in attack with Dybala, yeah. Kulusevski. And Chiesa. <laughs> and then I said, Bernadeschi just won the Euros. <laughs> That's it. That's true. <laughs> well, you know what? We're here. We, we, on this, sorry, Rob, I'll let you speak. We, we are supportive of our players. This is, this is for Berna. Yes. We're, we're, we're hopefully, finally, <laughs> hoping for a good season. Rob. Uh, no, the only thing I was going to add was, again, like I say, just kind of echoing Adam's point, which is Keen, he kind of feels like he's gone out, got a bit of experience, but he feels like, Maybe this is wishful thinking, but I think he can stand up and stand tall in in those games where, you know, like we're maybe up against it. Whereas Morata, I 
I love Morata. I really do. Yeah, he yeah. not just tends to disappear, but he's got that thing about him where things aren't going his way. His head can drop. His shoulders can drop. He starts missing chances. It's like that kind of vicious circle. And then it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then he needs something to kind of break him out of that. Yeah. Keane just kind of looks like a player who's like, look, just give me the ball and let me finish. And he'll just mm-hmm. keep doing it if he gets in the right positions. And he won't be heartbroken. You know, like if we lose a game and people start booing him or whatever, he'll just come out the next game and say, all right, okay, I'll mm-hmm. score three this game. And I, he, he I already has that hungry. about him. Yeah, yeah I, you, you can see Moise Keen. You can see that hunger, and you mm-hmm. know, yeah. Take a, take away the the Instagram and the, and the wannabe you know rapper act. It's just so so funny to me to see his Instagram. <laughs> he performs on the field, man. He can have yeah, and I, I think I think to to carry on Rav's point there, I think you look at at Keen and he's we mentioned already he scored against Cagliari. Just Juve just played Udinese and Empoli and struggled for goals. If he can yeah. score in those kind of games, we already know that when it's big games. Morata is the man, isn't he? You know, Real Madrid, yep. Barcelona, whoever. He's shown that he can do that. He's got against Barca in Champions League final. Yeah. We know he's got that big game mentality. And if Moises Keane can, can do, do it in the provinces and Morata can do it against the Champions League big boys, then that's <laughs> yeah. a good combination to have. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe wishful thinking again, but let's <laughs> and, uh, try. Yeah, the, good the, work. The last, the, the last player I wanted to mention, because I have a I have an article pulled up about him from maxstatman.com. One of our friends on on Twitter. Please check out the website. I love this, you know, these websites that the the Twitter content creators have. Uh, just go through them. Ubefc.com. Shout outs to shout outs to, to the OG, of course. That's my daily read. Um, so the player is uh, Mohammed Ehattaren. So just kind of reading a couple of sentences from this article. Uh, Mohammed Ehattaren has joined Juventus for 5.5 million euro from Dutch club PSV Eindhoven. Uh, Juventus will loan the attacking midfielder out to Sampdoria for the upcoming season. He's valued at 12 million, but because he's been left out of the squad for a couple of weeks, Juventus are paying a way lower fee. Uh, it also says here that he's uh, undoubtedly uh, has a lot of talent. He did a fantastic job in Erevedice. Oh, am I saying that right? Yeah. As a playmaker for mm-hmm. PSV, but they then he was going through a bad period. Um, he had no problem controlling the midfield and creating good chances against huge teams like Ajax and Feyenoord. Um, uh, looks like Juventus are taking a gamble with him. It sort of says that he has, he has, uh, uh, you know, uh, mentality issues. Um, so hopefully um, he will, he will be better under Allegri and says that Juve are taking a gamble with, with him, but a gamble they can afford because of the price. Uh, I have high hopes for him. I will be watching him at Sampdoria. There's a couple of players that that will have to be watching uh, on loan. Who's your Rav um, or Adam? I don't care who answers. Uh, if you guys need a couple minutes to think, which one of the players going away are you um, you curious to see? I know Frabota went to uh, Verona. I want to say, yeah. Not sure. For for me, I think it's it's more of the same. To be honest, not to be a, a bit of a doom and gloom merchant but you look at the the clubs where these players have gone and there's a reason for that you know last last season everyone on twitter was telling me that Fadjoli is a star and he should be playing in midfield and he's gone to Cremonese you know there's a reason he's gone to Cremonese like he's he's not staying in Syria he's not going to Empoli or Udinese or Sampdoria he's gone to Cremonese in Serie B and there's a reason for that because that's how good he is and it's the same with a lot of these guys Frabotta he's he's Older than Chiesa, I think. Um, again, 
Let's pull that up. Going out on loan, nowhere important. Drag us in the same. They, they, these players, they're just not good enough. They're not, they're not going to move the needle at all. Maybe this guy is going to Sampdoria. He's a Mino Raiola client. So maybe it's just a buy a player for us, we'll buy a player for you type thing. Who knows? But I don't get my hopes up with these these players because Juve need Juve don't even need squad players. They need players who can make a difference to the quality of the starting eleven. So, so Frabote is, is twenty two, Kies is twenty three, and Donnarumma is still seventeen. <laughs> Donnarumma will be seventeen forever. forever. He's, get, he's <laughs> getting paid seventeen million a year to sit on the bench at PSG as their fifth choice keeper. But, uh, you know, I like I, I, it. Really is for me with the transfer market. I think the same with. Kai George, whoever it's, you may need to spend some money in the areas that they need to spend some money. You know, like they, they move some pieces around and loan Pellegrini here and there, and send Dishilio away and Rugani and all this with Atalanta with Romero and um, yeah. now Demiral. But it it doesn't matter. You know, we can talk about. I said this exactly the same last time we were on, but we can talk mm-hmm. about Demiral and Romero and Rugani, whoever. But they're the, at best, they're the fourth choice centre back for Juventus. And is there really a, a Bavarian Giants podcast doing 20 minutes talking about the fourth choice centre back at Bayern? No. Well, if they're like, using our name, matter. I will sue. Yeah, as no, you I, should. Especially I agree entirely stickers. with that. It, you know, it's, it's, it's so much of, it's like Adam said, like, I, I can't think of any players, maybe it's by design or maybe it's the fact that we're set up a particular way, but which players have broken into our starting 11 having gone out and being loaned to, I don't know, Siena or Cremonese Marquise or whoever. Or... But yeah, there you go. Marquise and Juvinko in the last two, and Juvinko <laughs> even get even get to stay. But yeah, there, there's no, but I mean, I liked Dragosin because I thought that I sort of saw snatches of him here and there. I thought maybe, maybe there's a player now. That's pretty much it. But a lot of the other players, like Adam said, they, they go to these other teams and, they get playing time and then we end up just using them as bargaining chips or it's like maintaining relationships, you know, like the reason we got the deal with, you know, for, for Locatelli with Sassuolo was because we have a fantastic relationship with them because they get all the players we don't want. They got Birardi, yeah. they got Zaza, they got, um, um, what's his name, Rogerio. They got so mm-hmm. many of these players that weren't good enough for Juve, but were good enough for the mid table Teams and that's, even that's, went there. Second yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, and the um, the oh, this young centre back who I had high hopes for his name has completely gone out of my head. Um, he he went there to say it was literally like a Juve sort of Exodus. B team almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was like okay, all these players go there, they're at that level, and they never get to the Juve level. So, just kind of think this is going to yeah, be more of the are, same. Just negative here, huh? I'm negative. <laughs> Negative I'm just about those I completely, but, I completely agree yeah. because I want you to come back, and I feel like if I disagree, you guys just say, <laughs> the, go fuck the thing yourself. Is, the, the thing is, there's a there's a huge difference between pl- playing for Sassuolo and playing for Juve, even as a sub, because yep. you've got to be able to step up when it matters, and we see that with Rugani. You know, he he comes on mm. and and he's a disaster because he doesn't have the right mentality. He finds it really difficult. He looked great when he was at Empoli, awesome, yeah? yeah, when he was young. Now he's he's been out on loan to Cagliari. They didn't even play him. They, they'd yeah. rather play other players. He, he went to France. They sent him back, and now he's back at Juve. But he's the fourth choice centre back. So so what? You know? Yeah. Imagine, okay. imagine not being a good enough defender for France, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Uh, I can't believe he's still at Juve and still getting paid. No, but, I can't. You know, it is. All right. It is. So, I, so I have such high hopes for him. But we yeah. have uh, we have a couple of things to discuss before we get to the you know Ronaldo exit. First of Who? all, I said that we were. <laughs> um, I, uh, I I mentioned that we will announce the winner of the Turin Giants shirt of the Marquisio shirt. Uh, we did a I did a giveaway on follow at Turin Giants for the merch, please. Um, we did a giveaway for the beginning of the season of the first game of the season. Thank you for all of you guys who participated. I know everybody wants a, wants a free shirt and it's a pretty nice shirt too. Uh, so I did the giveaway before I picked the winner. And if you're listening, Nika Versace, that's, that's the nickname on Twitter at Nika Versace. Congratulations. I'll get in touch with you. I hope you like the Jersey for all of those of you guys who didn't win. Please check out terrainegiants.com for some pretty cool stuff. I have, I have a couple of cool stickers coming. Uh, one of them rhymes with Schmokatelli. The other one is Chiesa. So uh, those two stickers are coming. I, I love doing these stickers, man. They're, they're so... I have them all over the place. They're, they're, they're pretty cool. And that's the best way to support. I always say that the best way to support this podcast um, is to buy the stickers because all of the money that I make on those stickers goes back to microphones and promotion and paying Adam because he, he just... He insists on getting paid. <laughs> Imagine the Cristiano Ronaldo you. of this podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. I can't wait to have you. Have pays you me six here. times more than it pays everybody else, but six Man. times zero is still zero. I, I feel like we should move on because every minute costs costs a lot of money. <laughs> Just kidding. Everyone, everyone here is on their is on their free will. This is for Adam and Rav, by the way. Um. <clears throat> yes. Before we move on, so we took care of that. Congratulations to. Nick Versace, if that's even your real name. Um, I posted a, an, an always fun thread on Twitter. Not a thread, but a question, and I'd like to read you guys a couple of replies. There's literally hundreds of them. So <clears throat> your thoughts on this Mercato. We will discuss the best replies on tomorrow's episode. <coughs> and the questions are, and the answers are, uh, Josephine, garbage. I'm glad we offloaded Ronaldo. He was too selfish and single-handedly why we lost our chance at our 10th Scudetto celebration. Midfield is trash, and that will be our downfall. Super lucky if we even make it in the top four this year. Doubtful. We've just lost. Doom, another doom and gloom from Josephine. Um, uh, Hardy Lazan. Ronaldo shouldn't have left like that, running away before any contract has been signed. A lost bit of respect for him. Otherwise, Juventus have brought three very impressive young players. Um, and with help of Allegri, they can be very important for the team. Mercato points, seven out of ten. Niket, our old friend. Locatelli was great. Moving Ronaldo on was good as well. Uh, who else should we read? I want to see the ones with um, MMM9 at LF4X Capital. Considering the horrible all caps financial situation at the club, we did okay. Many complained, but those with heavy salary players are hard to move. And as a result, we will be stuck with them. Biggest move that this Mercato was signing Allegri to steer the ship. Uh, Travis Gallardo, our friend, he says that it's a circus as usual. Uh, v, Vera, our old friend, she says that Allegri not given uh, Fagioli a shot instead of starting Danilo as a regista just to provoke the management to sign someone. Uh, two out of 10 rating for this season's Mercato. Ooh, that's a good one. 
Ed Van Pimp, I like that last name, 0.5 out of 10. Leadership turmoil as evidenced by hasty hiring of Pirlo last year. They chose to loan in on a brand with the leaked CR, CR7 signings, Super League push, uh, failed to address glaring needs on the squad for multi-years. Uh, COVID has exposed them. Uh, uh, Agnelli should beg Marotta to return. Damn, 0.5 out of 10. Uh, well. <laughs> this one is totally unbiased. Uh, this will be the last one that I read. And thank you all for um, for all your answers. Lord Bernadeschi, that's his, that's his handle on Twitter. Bernadeschi stays 10 out of 10. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best answer as far as I'm <laughs> I love that. Uh, we'll, we'll be doing more of these. Uh, I, I do want to, um, I do want to involve more of the, more of our listeners. Thank you guys for all your replies. And now we're back to our hosts that are slowly drifting away and checking their phones. <laughs> so Ronaldo moves on. How do we, first of all, do you agree with some of the, some of the, the followers at you podcast on Twitter that he did it in an unprofessional way that you lost a little bit of respect for him? Rob, do you want to go first this time? Yes, because I have so many different thoughts on this. Thoughts. I, let's, let's yeah, I, thoughts, rants, just, I feel I'm almost overflowing with things that I want to say have, about have, it. Have, uh, some of, have some of that drink over there you're sipping. <laughs> oh, I'd love for it. But, okay, I'll start off by just saying, okay, he, he contributed. Thank you for the goals, all that kind of stuff. But when I saw the, the sort of links that were linking him to Real Madrid, all that kind of stuff. And his friend came out on that dreadful Spanish TV show and started talking about, you know, he wants to go back to Real Madrid and Ancelotti's interested. Any sort of professional, it doesn't matter how much you get paid, doesn't matter what kind of player you are, would just come out and say, okay, these rumors are false or whatever. And, and you talk about the team that you play for, for fuck's sake. He, yeah. he puts out this fucking, pardon my language, but he puts out this post and he talks every, and it's about him and his legacy at Real Madrid. And I've won this and I've won that. And he doesn't mention Juventus once, who, by the way, are paying him, what is it, 30 million euros a year? I can't even remember. Just have some fucking respect, for God's sake. Just talk about the people that are paying for your cars to be shipped back and forth and paying for that mansion that you're staying, all that kind of stuff. Zero respect whatsoever for the people that pay him a salary, you know, that have given him this opportunity. So, putting all that to, to one side, then he decides that he doesn't want to play, uh, apparently, which I completely believe, to be honest. He comes on as a substitute late in the game and he had that headed goal. Just the whole thing altogether, looking back at it now in hindsight, which is obviously brilliant, you, you know, when you have that opportunity. But going back, would I do it again? No, not a, not a chance in hell because, yes, we had loads of attention. We've sold some shirts. You can, you know, all this crap about, oh, the deal was paid for itself by shirt sales and blah, blah, rubbish. It set us back four years because we were at a point where, okay, you, I, I know going back, the justification put out that you made at the time was if you get the chance to sign Ronaldo, you sign him. That's fine. You sign Ronaldo, but then you equip or you build a team around him that is actually going to work. You build a system. You have a manager that's familiar. You work at that, and then you go at the Champions League or whatever it is. But just the just the poor planning from the management in that regard, and then the the way that the team played for so long, it 
looking back at some of those games now, someone mentioned it on a different podcast and I was sort of thinking about it. And it was so true. There were points where players were in good positions to score goals or create something. And they were looking up to pass the ball to Ronaldo because it seemed like that was the the kind of the, the game plan. You know, that mm-hmm. was the, the, you know, it's dictated by him by the fact that he's there. But the whole idea was, okay, if we're stuck, pass the ball to Ronaldo. How long can you play like that? Yeah, he got loads of goals and he broke records or whatever because we were passing the ball to him all the time. He was the guy that was supposed to score. And I know people, it sounds like a lot of people really... will be unhappy, man. A lot of people. Yeah, no, I, I get that. But I, I wanted the... to hear. Uh, sorry, I will go back to you, but I just want to ask a question of Adam. You think it's mm-hmm. fair that Rob is saying, you know, 100 goals, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and all that. Is that is that really fair? Because I don't think that's that's fair. He's he's done a lot to contribute, but of course, that's your opinion. I just want to hear uh, what Adam thinks about about that. I think. And then we'll go back to you. I think it's it's a really difficult one because Ronaldo did what you expect Ronaldo to do. He he sucked up all the oxygen out of the room, scored all of the goals, <laughs> took all of the free kicks and all of the penalties, and didn't leave any room for anybody else. And we saw. As a result, Paulo Dybala's disappeared to right back by the looks of it a lot of the time. But he's, he's disappeared as a, as a top-level performer, certainly apart from four or five months under Sari, where Sari made him play as an actual striker. He's, he's nowhere near the force that he was before Ronaldo. I think the problem goes back to what we said right at the top of the show about midfield. If, if you sign Ronaldo, okay, to, so... Uh, I can't, you can't really get into this and just say, yeah, no, whatever. I think my problem with the whole thing is when you sign Cristiano Ronaldo, Paratici says, oh, if you get the chance, you have to do it, blah, blah, blah. But if you get the chance to sign Ronaldo as, and you're Fabio Paratici, you have to go to Andre Agnelli and say, we can sign Ronaldo, but it's going to cost you 36 million euros a year after tax to pay him. That's five times more than anybody else. So it's nothing to do with the wage structure of the club. It's over and above. It's an executive decision taken by Agnelli evidenced by the fact that when Ronaldo signed, Agnelli was the one who went to close the deal. Not Paratici, not Morata, it was Agnelli. So if you do that, okay, fine. But you have to put that separate to the rest of the squad and you still have to fix the squad. Because if you don't, you're going to have a disjointed team that can't win anything because all the everything goes to Ronaldo. And that's what happened. All the money went to Ronaldo, all the passes went to Ronaldo, all the free kicks, penalties... But back Press to my point. Back to my attention. point. Like you said, he did what he what he was supposed no, to do. No, no. Right? But this is this Even is what with I'm that saying. Midfield. This is what I'm saying. So yes, he scored all the goals, but he was being paid to do that, and he did it. But because mm-hmm. so you can't blame him. You have to blame the club for not putting an effective team behind him. After that, you can't yeah. you can't sell off Moises Keane and not sign this player or that player or miss out on Donnarumma or not have a midfield to pay Ronaldo. You have to do it as extra because for me, with the rest of that team, Gonzalo Higuain would have still scored 20 goals. So what, what yeah. apart from selling more shirts and getting more Instagram followers, if you're not going to change the rest of the team, signing Ronaldo is pointless. Unless you say we're doing it as a marketing exercise and if we've got him for three years, we might win something. He'll probably win a golden boot for Serie A, Capo Canonieri, whatever. But we're not really going to progress as a team because everything is going to go on hold while we maximize Ronaldo's marketing potential. And that's what happened. He did beat, he, he did beat a lot of more of personal records than Juve records, which is, which is a shame. I, you know what? Going back just, to Rob, to, sorry, go ahead. So just, just to add to that, I, it may sound like, okay, maybe I was a 
being a bit sort of harsh, but yes, his contribution was definitely there. But exactly what Adam said, you can sign a player like that. Like you can have the the body of a Ferrari and you open up the hood and you've got like the engine of a, I don't know, like a freaking Toyota Prius or something. It just, it didn't work in hindsight. Maybe I'm being too harsh on Ronaldo, but that's more to do with the way that he's approached this transfer. That's not a reflection on his professionalism in the last four years, because I think he, he did exactly what, what he was asked to do. It's more about the way that he handled his exit, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, going back, exactly what Adam said, you can't, you know, when he went to Real Madrid, you look at the team that they had there, and then you look at the team that they built around him. You look at the midfield that they had, which won four Champions Leagues in a row, whatever it was. We did exactly the same thing, but we gave him, gave him no disrespect, but we gave him Pjanic, Matuidi and, and Sami Khedira when Sami Khedira could, could actually get on the pitch. It was just never going to work. So maybe there's an element where he sort of took more responsibility. He thought, okay, I'm going to sort of drag Juve out of this. And of course that feeds his ego because he's the player that likes to be that sort of hero. But it's been to the detriment of the team as a whole. So we've gone from, we went from having a really solid team in 2015, 2016, whatever, an actual team in the sense of these 11 guys that will work, you know, Manzuki sacrificing, playing on the wing when he's a freaking center forward and you know he's been played as a as an auxiliary winger left wing back he would do that because he knew it was for the betterment of the team they all played together then we signed Ronaldo and it's no disrespect to him but it's 10 players and it's Ronaldo it's like okay and that divide you can't tell me that playing the guy 30 million euros a year and you know someone else is on 2 million euros a year he's got cars and exclusive contracts he can play when he likes he gets all these you know like he, he gets a pass from UV management for doing this that and the other and the other players get it in the neck you just can't do that at a team like you I, I think we were at a point going back 10 years now we were so disjointed and whatever you think about Conte he bought that team together and we had five six seven years when they were together they would give everything on the pitch the defenders midfielders everyone fought together you can't then sign a player however much and stick him in that team and say, right, keep doing what you've been doing for the last seven, eight years. It just, it wasn't going to work. And again, like I say, maybe I'm being harsh on him, but that's more about the way that he handles his exit. But, you know, well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad he's gone. You, sorry, before we go to you, Adam, there, uh, Zach, who, who just won a shirt and doesn't even know it yet, uh, he sent us the, he, he promised the Ronaldo article, which I will read at the end. He, he's just an excellent writer and I really enjoy his work. Um, I'm reading and one of the things that he says here, uh, Ronaldo was a cherry on top of an ice cream sundae that was melting. <laughs> That's yeah, good. I think, yeah. I think that the thing is with Ronaldo, what Juve needed to, to really, if you're going to have Ronaldo, you have to take the Real Madrid approach when you have a player like that. You have to do what it takes to win right now. And signing, pushing little pieces around and trying to make plus Valenza on five or six different <laughs> players, it's not going to work. And and as much as it's, it's again, I've said this once already, but signing De Ligt and signing Bonucci, is, is completely pointless because when you've got Ronaldo, it doesn't matter who's playing in central defence. You've had Chiellini, they had Bartzali, they had Benatia. You can make do with that. The same in attack. They had attacking players that, that were good enough. They didn't have a midfield and they should have just put everything into that because if you give him Casemiro and Modric, he'll go and win the Champions League. But instead, you give him Aaron Ramsey's dead body and <laughs> the ghost of Sami Khedira. You know, it's... what. What do you expect? And that's like, yeah, okay, you sign Ronaldo, you want to win Champions League, but you have to, everything else has to be geared towards that as well. And I just, I don't understand the logic of 
spending 40 million to get Bonucci back in that same summer. Like that, that for me is the one. Forget Delict. Delict is a great opportunity. You have to take that. Why, why go and spend 40 million on Bonucci? You've got Benati, you've got Chiellini, you still had Bartelli at that time. You got Delict a year later. What, what do you need to go and spend 40 million on Bonucci for? Buy a midfielder for 40 million or use that 40 million and use another 40 million that you spent on Douglas Costa. And, and buy a midfielder because all of a sudden that's 80 million and instead you, you, you're penny pinching here and there and it's the same we've seen this summer you you were asking right at the very top about the marks out of 10 for the Mercato well what did they actually do because if you go and look on transfer marked or on Wikipedia a list of transfers that's what I was doing when I was checking my phone before when you called me out for it by the way the the <laughs> list the list is is screened long you have to yeah. scroll down I, I have, down I have that down. screenshot too yeah, and um, if you if you actually go and look at it, what they've actually done is they've changed who are the backup defenders instead of being Dragosin and uh, Frabotta. Now it's Dicilio and Rugani. Instead of the backup goalkeeper being Buffon, it's Perrin. And instead of um, Ronaldo, you've got Moises Keane and you've added Locatelli. That's it. That's all you've done. You've changed some backups. You've signed Moises Keane, you've signed Locatelli and you've sold Ronaldo. That's it. So you can give that whatever you want out of 10. If you if you a person who thinks Ronaldo going makes everybody else better, which I think there's definitely some kind of Ewing theory potential there where everybody else gets better by the fact you take away the best player. I, I really do think that because I think that goes back to what Ralph said about Ronaldo's doing everything. It doesn't let anybody else breathe. So if that's the case, then maybe you've added a little bit there. But apart from that, you've signed a midfielder at long last, which makes the team better. So if you get the, the, the Max Allegri and Paolo Dybala from 2017 and you add an actual midfielder in, in Manuel Locatelli to that, then the team is better. So I, I think I think we've agreed on the rating by Ed Van Pimp, 0. 0.5 out of 10. I love that number. I think we're just going to stick to that. The only thing I'd add, I think a lot of this kind of feels like, okay, Allegri took us to the two Champions League finals. He, you know, won five Scudetti was it and the the Coppa Italia a lot of this kind of feels like okay you don't have Ronaldo put him out out of the way you just kind of have this kind of hodgepodge yes we signed a midfielder but so much of it feels to me like okay just kind of sticking this underneath his nose and say okay go do what you did a couple of years back here's you know you did it before you did it with players that were playing out of position you you sort of piece it all together like a jigsaw puzzle do it again for us and like Adam said earlier it's going to take a lot. I think it, I, I definitely think it's going to come together. I always feel whenever we go into a season, especially in the last 11 years, that we're going to win the title until we mathematically can't. That's the belief mm-hmm. that I have in the team because we're Juve. And again, that sounds arrogant, but you know, that's why I'm a Juventino. But, you know, I, I feel like it's going to take the best Max Allegri and the best sort of tactical nous with the Champions League group and everything else, kind of juggling everything and fixing everything and getting it all together. But when it comes together, if it works, I, who knows? Yeah. Sky's the limit. Well, mm. I'm I'm hoping for uh, for a Dybala uh, resurgence this year with Renaissance. together with yeah. with together with with Chiesa. Uh, read today something just opened up my eyes. Go to Twitter. That's that's how so addicted we are nowadays. Uh, <laughs> Dybala is close to signing a signing a contract, about eight or nine million. A year. I feel like this, these negotiations have been going on since since uh, Roberto Baggio made his debut. Um, <laughs> so um, let's you guys take off your serious and uh, you know analyst caps and and 
talk to me as fans of Juve. Obviously, you two are diehards. You don't have to prove that, even though Rav left, left Twitter, fake fan. Um, oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, that's more of a real fan, man. <laughs> Stay off Twitter. Don't read oh, the replies. Man, there's some <laughs> real shit opinions out there, man. Uh, but you know what? That's why I left. It's, it's like that meme. <laughs> you know that meme where a girl tries tries a kombucha and she like hates it at first, and then she's like, hmm. I, I wanted to post something yesterday. Like, Ronaldo left. Sad face. His fans left too. Hmm. You know, I'll take that. You know, the the, yeah. the, the yeah. Twitter was just impossible with with those dudes around. With, just, with the utmost respect, not to like. I mean, I show. I can say whatever I want now because I don't have a Twitter account, but. The day that he retires is going to be one of the best days. Fantastic, professional, amazing. Love the guy. And yes, he, he did great things for Juve. I'm glad he's gone. Good luck. Well, not good luck at Manchester United, you know, but, you know. But when nope. we don't, <laughs> when his fans disappear off, off the social media sphere, I, I feel like everyone should just get like a, a free bottle of champagne to celebrate. Because <laughs> some of them, okay, a lot of them are just complete lunatics. Well, the Ronaldo fans were were against uh, Dybala fans. There was just a little mini war oh. going on, mini civil war inside of Juve Twitter, which is so stupid. Anyways, we're not going to talk about that. Like I mentioned, if you take off your 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 forward thinking fan hat and put on a Juve fan hat on, what did you think of the last three years? There were some you know ups and downs, and we will talk about your favorite Ronaldo moments because. We we can't we can't sit here and say that this was a you know this was a mistake. Did you take away anything any any joy as a Juve fan uh, during his time at Juve? Yeah, I okay. think it oh sorry, there you go. No, you go, you go, you go. Yeah, um, yeah the the game against Atletico Madrid that was him. You know, like at his absolute best. You know, the fans taunted him, Simeone taunted us, and he just took him apart. You know, incredible. You see the very best of Ronaldo Instant in that game. Class. I think you, Instant yeah, class. Mm-hmm. he could have scored four or five goals, whatever. <sighs> I don't know if it's a personal thing, but I have felt kind of cold about the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Maybe slightly longer. Maybe, maybe since he signed. Maybe slightly before. There's there's been this kind of cold, cynical feeling. Um, you know, I. I I'm always going to support Juve. Juve are my team. I'm going to watch them every week. It doesn't matter whatever happens. That's it. It's just a relationship for life. But something about the last four years has felt kind of distant almost. And I can't entirely put my finger on it. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's that, but maybe it's a combination of things. But something about it hasn't felt. And again, maybe this is sort of looking back with like rose-tinted glasses and kind of looking at the, the... early Conte years and the early Allegri years and sort of romanticizing and it. Even but that's the nineties, even the night you in the nineties yeah. was, was, comp- yeah, like, was a team of we, warriors. You would break yeah. your legs. Mm. And now, you know, you, you look but at the team now, it's completely there different. Was, there was something about that early period. And like I say, I think there is always going to be this romanticism about football. And, but then again, that's why I'm a fan because I love those kinds of stories. So for me, there hasn't been that same connection. It's always going to be there. It's never going to disappear. You know, I'm, I'm stuck with this team. They're stuck with me. Did but... you enjoy? Did you enjoy watching Tevez or Ronaldo more? Tevez. Tevez. Technical fault. Rob, do you hear this? Yeah, it's like a repeat. I think there was a slight technical fault. 
Uh, Adam, if you hear us, can you call us back? Okay. All right. It's just two of us. Something happened there. Um, I can wax lyrical again about Devos, but yeah, with with Ronaldo, there was, and again, this goes back to the point that I made before, where that was a team, and you cannot overemphasize enough how important it is to have a team that works together. That was just the most perfect balance of everything, the defense, the midfield attack, and Tevez and Morata or Llorente at the time, um, those guys just worked perfectly in tandem. And uh, yeah, I, I just... All right. So Yeah, yeah so, so I would your, your say... Tevez over Ronaldo. You weren't, you, you, weren't, you weren't too hot on Ronaldo ever. Uh, I don't think it was just him. Like I said, I think it might be harsh and maybe a bit unfair to kind of pile all the burden on him. But yeah, it, it kind of felt like cynical. Those four years felt very kind of like they were gearing up towards something else. There was so much stuff happening in the background. You had the, the sort of war that Agnelli was having with all the ultras and the change around of the stadium and they bought in various agencies to do sort of certain stuff and ticket prices were going up and all that kind of stuff. And then you, you kind of feel a little bit disconnected when you think back to, you know, 2011, 2012, when it was us, it was like us okay. against the world, you know, like oh, you had that kind of bond. Yep. Exactly. So everybody. That's exactly it. That's and, exactly and Juve it. versus everybody. But when Ronaldo came on, it was like everybody versus Juve. It was, it was a different dynamic there. Exactly. Uh, so, and, so go ahead, finish up the point. I, no, I, I, was, read I was just going to say that the same sort of, the, the, going back to what we sort of said earlier, I think so much of it was when you have a player like that in the team, even the opposition, when they're coming back to play against you, they know that if they can mark Ronaldo out of the, the, the sort of game, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to limit your options when your game plan in the past couple of months or whatever has been, if you're stuck, they're playing really defensive, pass the ball to Ronaldo and expect him to sort of unlock the defense. So I don't think the team tactically sort of benefited. Maybe if we had a better midfield, as we talked about this whole episode, maybe, you know, maybe that kind of would have worked better, but yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a Ronaldo hater. I'm not going to say that, but at the same time, I think it's the best move for everyone involved. It just could have been handled better. That's all. Well, I wanted to read uh, Zach. He he came through. He like I mentioned, he still doesn't know he he won the prize. Uh, thanks to Rob, by the way. So he always has good time. So uh, Zachy, he writes for us sometimes. Whatever's in the news, whatever's in a topic, he goes back and and um, gives us a little retrospective. So here's a uh, here's what he wrote. It's it's long, but it's it's very interesting. So stick stick with us. Ciao e grazie, Cristiano. July 2018, the news broke with an image that is burned into my memory. Like many other fans around the world, I had to screenshot the image and send it to my friends. Cristiano Ronaldo, the Cristiano Ronaldo, was coming to my favorite club in the world. I was overjoyed. I felt like Juventus was finally back in the eyes of the total world of football. I wasn't interested in math uh, to make it happen. I was just over the moon that he was there. He was here. Despite a slower start, Acclimating to Serie A, Ronaldo was a crucial piece to the Juventus attack. 101 goals and 134 appearances is a remarkable achievement, given what we came to understand was the status of the team. Three different managers with different styles of football, and the man still scored goals in a league that may consider 
that some may consider to be the most difficult to score in. And when it came to superstar moments, there was plenty. I can still remember watching him score that flying header against Amdoria. I was in the middle of teaching a class. I teach middle school history. And I had the game on my computer. I came around to grab something from my desk and saw him fly through the air in a superhuman fashion in the age, uh, at his age and made me run around my classroom to my students who enjoy soccer, finding the appropriate terminology to describe what I just seen. And no, no one can certainly forget his performance against Atletico. Uh, these are the moments I will never forget. I saw a funny tweet that in many saw in many ways encapsulated Ronaldo's time at Juve, the cherry on top of an ice cream sundae that was melting. Sure, he's lost half a step hardly, and I'm still thankful I will give him, I will have seen him, uh, I don't understand the word, um, I, I've seen him hit the free kick into the wall again. Uh, he had his low moments when he failed in the wall in the Champions League game, but certainly were outweighed by the highs of many of his performances. He's a bit of a prima donna, but most superstars are. But in all seriousness, this was a team that was built to win the, that was not built to win the Champions League, and it was an impossible ask. Yet Ronaldo still put his team on his back, sometimes dragging us and kicking and screaming across the finish line. As we move on to a few years of decadence and into a second era of Allegri's Juve, I truly wish CR7 best and thank him for spending some, some of his playing years with our club. Despite everything, I'm glad I got to see him. Tunala Fila. That's, uh, that was nice. That was really well written. Really nice. That was terrible. That nostalgia. Uh, terrible read, but because no, you did the great. first time reading it, it's always <laughs> being put on a spot like that. But I, oh, uh, it, was a, it was a nice, uh, nice little sentiment. I don't think Adam is joining us because he's having uh -huh. trouble with his, uh, with his internet, which is which is a shame. But yeah. I still want to thank him for jumping on a lot, a ton Definitely. of interesting opinions. I mean, everybody loves uh, Adam and his opinion. Ralph. You're the superstar, dude. You're 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 the man. You're the legend. No, anything you no. want to anything you want to you, you you want to finish this podcast with any any no just um, um anything for your your diehard fans. I know people are people are dying to listen to this episode. Oh, I, don't, I don't know about diehard fans, but just um just keep the faith. You know, I say that every time, and that just comes from a good place because we've seen what Juve can do when they're at their absolute best. So take these two games. You know, just put them to one side. Let's see what happens after the international break. And you know that where Juve will come back stronger. So if you know what we, I mean. We will, we, will still, we will still be drunk in that fountain somewhere in Europe <laughs> celebrating one, my friend. Mark, you know it, brother. Juve goes to the Champions League final. One there day. Will be a booth, there will be a booth with Turin Giants podcast. And we will do a nice, uh, it's happening. nice episode from somewhere in Europe. Um, thank you again. You guys, please check out TurinGiants.com. Support uh, support the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this this episode. I did immensely. Uh, we'll go into a little bit of an international break, which is always a snooze. As, as soon as you get it kind of into it, um, you have to you have to wait for the players to come back from international duties. We'll be back. Shout outs to Giovanni, Sam, and Matt. Can't wait to have you guys back. Rav, you're the man. Adam, you are the man. Thank you so much. Uh, Ralph, congratulations on the on the quiz win on the on the, <laughs> Thank on, you. On the Turin Giants game show win. Thank you guys. It's been a pleasure. Finale fine. Finale fine. 
Maybe we should only be friends right up through the summer It was going pretty well, but shorty lately it's a bummer You can't seem to keep my pace And these wrinkles on my face are getting harder to ignore And maybe we should go explore another world Another boy, another girl, another realm of possibilities Discover hidden pearls or whatever I should have written this inside a letter Getting high always seems to make my bad decisions better The cheddar is what I'm chasing You're lacking the motivation to keep me all interested Ignoring the invitation I'd rather just let you live Cut off all communication I'm awful right to the core I got a bad reputation for it It's only recent that the decent had to melt away I chose survival cause I'm liable to just run and straight run and play That's just the tip of the iceberg cause your search for validation's really getting on my last nerve and this is just the list of all the things that I should have said it's funny how they now started popping all up in my head I should have showed your pretty ass the door long before you started playing with yourself on the cold bedroom floor Naked is as naked does, so I stripped down Even Jesus had a couple of pieces before the thorn crown You advance between a slither and a dance Your rhythms got your boy all fucked up, man I never stood a chance, huh Pretty faces got them ugly dispositions Keep it awkward at all times It's more of a model than a mission, shit I start a combo about issues, conservation Fuck the subtle hesitation I'll make my move right by the kitchen, shit I'll let that sizzle sit She got the swishling Talk about the one night in her life that all the pieces fit I know She's always been the main attraction But I need to tell her now She's nothing more than a distraction Slipping, losing traction See this field is full of killers And the moment that I slip with They'll be reaching for my dinner And I know that we both winners But this time you gotta lose I see right through your scheme And I'm clearly not amused